Welcome everyone to our radio series, Fighting Peace in Turmoil. This program is brought to you by the joint efforts of Meditation Master Min Nim and the Meditation Psychotherapy Communities, mindfully blend in several places. This radio series is streamed every week on YouTube and podcast on the only official channel, Min Nim. Dear everyone. The number of cases and deaths due to COVID-19 increasing in many countries is leading to several social isolation and distancing orders in some countries with large world economies. Economic experts have therefore predicted that a global economic downturn is inevitable. Besides the fear of the risk of infection. All this information undoubtedly leaves us worried about the picture of the future. However, according to economic experts, this excessive fear has led to many actions that exacerbated the existing situation. Therefore, this radio episode number three, under the theme of "Do Not Reinforce Adversity," hopes to continue being your companion. On the journey of overcoming the dangerous pandemic, as well as the passing psychological turbulence, in which anxiety and fear are the most typical. Up next, we invite you to listen to the Dharma talk, "Do Not Reinforce Adversity," by Master Min Nim. Dear listeners, wishing you lots of peace and harmony. As we honor this life, is a combination of things we like, as well as things we do not like. In order for us to thrive, we should accept both conditions. However, as a human nature, we only accept what goes our ways. And opposed to what does not. Of course, we are not assigned to accept all of our discontentment, but the more acceptance we have, the better. Acceptance allows us to lessen our sufferings, give us a chance to live in peace and happiness. All the misfortunes in our lives have a cause. It follows the course of our own karma, and the rules of cause and effect, more or less, whether it is directly or indirectly. This pandemic is a result of the karma that humankind generated altogether. The unwholesome karma is cultivated, knowingly or unknowingly, through our thoughts, our actions, and our daily jobs. Just like how we used to enjoy all the wonderful things that we did not create alone, but rather a joint creation of our community and the entire human race. Therefore, we must endure through this pandemic together. The question is, how do we handle these adversities so they won't affect the quality of our lives? 
how do we not let it consume and destroy us? The great Buddha once said, If we can accept things, we are not content or satisfied with, then they do not become suffering. In other words, outside conditions plus our opposing reaction equals suffering. Therefore, we can conclude that we are the creator of our own suffering more than the external conditions. That is indeed good news for us because we can adjust, transform, and control our own reactions. If we learn to stop reacting but rather responding to a situation, then the magnitude of suffering will decrease significantly. Imagine if suffering is only dependable upon external circumstances and we have no control over it. We will thus suffer endlessly. With that in mind, instead of trying to change the conditions, we should focus on building our inner strength, increase our tolerance, and develop our acceptance. We shall strain ourselves to live in harmony with our own discontentment. While there are many unsatisfactory conditions happening around us, we can still enjoy our present condition of happiness. We do not need to focus entirely on the adversities. The more we pay attention, the more power we give to it. Do not let it affect the quality of our life. We can be happy even though adversities are present. We can face it with the attitude of a person holding happiness. Why not, right? In order to do the above, we must have ability to switch channels, switch from the channel of negatives to the channel of positive and healing energy. That means we must have a special skill, the ability to control our mind. We can direct our mind to where we want it to be. Zen Master Huy Nang once said, place our mind on where there is no attachment. We can choose to focus our mind on any objects as we please. However, do not let it become attached to any object. Do not let it generate anger, attractions, or clinginess. Place our mind where there is peace and harmony. If we place our thoughts on material things and feel unease, then try to place our thoughts on our values. If we get disturbed when focusing on the external conditions, then turn our focus inward. If we get agitated by remembering the past, then concentrate on the present moment. All we really have to do is change the direction of our thoughts. Life is already different once our perception changes. Poem writer Patrick Lambridge once said, Two people can be looking at the same sky through the windows. 
one person only sees a dark, scary night, while the others see many beautiful stars. Perception is a personal choice. You can choose to see only the negative or positive, which is entirely up to you. Once upon a time, there was an elderly woman who cries all the time. She would cry during rainy days or sunny days. Therefore, she was given a nickname, "Cry Woman." One day, a Zen master came and asked her, "Woman, why do you cry all the times?" She explained her story to the master. "You see." I have two daughters. The older one sells clothes shoes, and the younger sells umbrellas. On rainy day, I would think of my older daughter. No one would buy her clothes shoes, and on sunny day, I would think of my younger one. No one would buy her umbrellas. That's why I always cry. The Zen master then said, "Why don't you think the opposite?" On sunny days, think about how your older daughter would be selling many clothes, and then when rainy days come, think of how many people will be buying umbrellas from your younger one. The woman then replied, "Wow, this makes sense." Ever since then, people would say that woman always happy. She has found the right way to think. She found where she should place her mind. The reason we continue to suffer is because we do not know the correct place where to put our thoughts. In the now is where our thoughts should be placed. Let the past go without regrets. Don't fantasize about the future of yet to come. The future is still far ahead. Is still an illusion, despite what we know. We still don't have the ability, the trust, and the confidence to dwell deeply in the present moment. We still do not believe the present alone can bring us happiness. Little we know that simply by changing our perception, our mentality, happiness. Would instantly come to us. Sometimes we even have to surrender our own viewpoint. In order for our life to change, we must change the angle of how we use to view things. Maybe before we think that we have to have a lot of money or power in order to have happiness, but. Now, during this pandemic, what is true happiness to us? Is happiness now defined as having a chance, stay home, to be with our loved ones, to be healthy, to be disease-free, to not die? But when this pandemic is over, our definition of happiness again may change. Our choices are what determine our life. Yoda was a Japanese general. After he finished 
his military service, he built a small temple in his backyard to meditate at home. He was very diligent in his practice and attained great success. He was also very good at writing poetry. His poems usually portray aspects of enlightenment. That is why he even became more popular. Many people admired him and want to meet with him. They want to see the idol in real life and get his autograph. One day, Zen Master Basho stopped by to visit Yoda. Yoda has long admired Basho's poetry work. Therefore, Yoda brought out a poem to just draw and read it to Basho. Dragon flies, remove two wings, a chili pepper. This poem was well admired by the Nagoya set. It not only transcends artistically, but also contains a very profound insight. With merely a few sentences, it was able to explain the law of rebirth, of evolution, which is the core teaching of Buddhism. Yoda wrote this poem on a silk fabric with beautiful calligraphy and held it for Basho to see. Basho blends at it and flips the fabric upside down. With that, he rewrote a chili pepper, added two wings, dragon flies. One poet chooses to the portray the image of killing, while the other painted a picture of nurturing. You have the silk fabric up and was turning by what he saw. With only a minor flip, the road to enlightenment was far beyond his reach. It's like a road with many mountains that even with many years of practice, he would not be able to overcome. He felt sorry for his unwholesome karma of killing when stand facing with the right bustle. With that, I wish the audience would spend more time contemplating about our life so we can find the righteous path, the path to live in harmony with the universe. I hope we can create peaceful energy so that this world can be filled with happiness, making this life more beautiful. These are the things that we can gain from this pandemic. Only during this time we can gain great insights. I wish you many successes. Thank you for your listening.
On the journey of returning within, there will be a time when we realize something astonishing, which is we get to know that we are weak and our inner power is depleting, so that we can return for healing, and that is all thanks to our fears. Those fearful objects, from a different perspective, have brought us back to ourselves, and have given us the determination to rediscover our meadow of the lions, never fearing the dense forest. The greatest enlightenment of the psychological surgery would be that fear cannot arise in our mind when we are fully healed, robust, and full of energy. When we are in our best form, we now invite you to listen to an excerpt, not obsessing over dreadful matters, from the book "There Is Nothing to Fear," written by Master Minim, narrated by Paul John Hopkinson. As remembered in childhood, whenever we went out at night, especially passing a cemetery. The elders would tell us to squeeze our thumbs and whisper some mantra, or talk about something, but it had to be loud, so that the ghosts would not dare to come out and spook us. Actually, it was more to make us less afraid of ghosts, because at that moment we would direct our attention to the sensation of our clenched fists, our voice or dialogue. And forget all about ghosts. If we let the mind wander, it will undoubtedly focus right on the object of our fear. Consequently, our imagination will be free to fabricate all those stories that we've heard before, and so fear soon escalates and takes over, making us see. What we do not want to see. Therefore, the elders always said that those afraid of ghosts would see them, and those who are not afraid would not. There are some reasons why we should not believe too much in our personal view of an object. First, we always look at the object in our own way. A lot of the knowledge and experience that we have gathered is likely to turn into prejudices and preconceptions, and like a type of survival or defensive instinct, they always cover our mind as we look at a certain object. For instance, everyone says that ghosts are spooky, and hence we are afraid of them. Even though we have never seen any ghosts to know how scary they really are, this is a type of preconception. Another example might be that someone used to insult or deceive us before, so we assume that he must be a bad guy and stay away as a result. Although he may not have mistreated anyone else. Or he no longer treats us in that way. It is difficult for us to accept, and we still regard him as a bad person. This is a type of prejudice. Positive preconceptions or prejudices 
are similar to the rose-tinted glasses and negative preconceptions or prejudices are like dark shaded glasses. We often look at people or life through either one of these types of lenses and are hardly able to see things without them so that we can have a clear view or pure view. Our accumulated knowledge and experience are our store of understanding, our ego. If we put them aside, then what do we have to deal with others and believe in ourselves? Second, when coming into contact with someone, we always carry our energy and depending on that energy, whether it is positive or negative, the other party might respond accordingly unless they are so stable that they do not need to react or defend. Try looking at a neighbor's dog with friendly eyes and he will happily wag his tail. However, if we glare at him, he will immediately respond with some angry barking or even go in for an attack. Scientists have also recognised that plants react to how we care for them. If we pay attention and talk to a plant, it will grow fast and bear flowers and fruits. But if we are angry or carry negative energy every time we come into contact with it, it will wither and die. Therefore, another party's wicked or dreadful attributes could be triggered and provoked by us after all. Third, if we feel frightened when we look at an object, research by scientists has shown that our energy at that moment is low and we will grow pale in colour. This can be instantly detected by the other party if they are sharp enough. As Dr. David R. Hawkins has discovered, the frequency of a human's vibration ranges from 1 to 1000, in which low frequencies such as anger, resentment, fear, could cause us to be prone to sickness. At such low frequencies, there is a chance for the other side to become even more convinced to intimidate us further. Then again, when the other party does not have the intention to intimidate or threaten us, our low energy gives them the idea of wanting to domineer or bully us. And what is more surprising is that the energy of the other side will absorb the other and if both sides are being defensive, then the stronger side will win. Therefore, it is no wonder that we feel despair when we are weak and yet still concerned about objects that possess hostile energy. The best solution to overcome fear is to see through it to comprehend its nature. However, the condition must be 
that we are very well and our energy is strong or even stronger than that of the object that is frightening us. If it consumes us or drains our energy, we should not look into it. Learn from what the elders have taught us. Look for a mantra, a different topic or object that is wholesome and capable of nourishing or uplifting us. Rather than always thinking about terrifying things, we should care about nature and all its invaluable gifts that the universe has given to us. Rather than pushing away all the delusions in our mind, we should spend time focusing on physical activities that we enjoy or help us to feel at ease. Rather than gathering up our inner power to suppress all the confusions and the chaos in our mind, just sit down and be still so we can bring back our mind to dwell on our body or breath as if nothing happens and we are bringing every part of us to connect deeply with life. This method is called switching channel. From a channel that gives rise to too much toxic or negative energy, we switch to another channel that generates vitality and positive energy. The longer we can maintain this nourishing channel, the quicker our inner strength will recover and grow. When we find ourselves to be okay and our inner strength to be sufficient enough to deal with dissatisfactions or challenges, only then would we come face to face with the object of our fear. However, if we still fail and have hostile reactions towards the other person and our wounded heart is still easily irritated, then let us return to our channel of love to continue nurturing our soul and promoting our inner power further. On the journey of returning within, there will be a time when we realize something astonishing, which is when we get to know that we are weak and our inner power is depleting so that we can return for healing. And that is all thanks to our fears. Those fearful objects from a different perspective have brought us back to ourselves and have given us the determination to rediscover our metal, like a lion never fearing the dense forest. The greatest enlightenment of this psychological journey will be that fear cannot arise in our minds when we are fully healed, robust and full of energy. And that is when we are in our best form.
David R. Hawkins has found that the frequency of humans' vibration ranges from one to one thousand, in which low frequencies such as anger, resentment, fear could cause us to be prone to sickness. The following is a compilation of books and talks by Dr. Hawkins on his astounding discoveries about human frequency, from which we can see how profound it reflects human's mind and attitude. We now invite you to listen to the compilation through the voice of Bernard Richard Adams. David R. Hawkins was a nationally renowned psychiatrist in America. His patients came from all parts of the world. According to Hawkins, he could tell from just looking at a patient and know why they became ill. From years of his practice and research, he discovered that a patient almost never vibrates at a frequency of peace and love, but rather of pain, hatred and despair. Dr. Hawkins' scale of consciousness spans from 0 to 1,000, with a critical point at 200. Anyone that calibrates below this point is more prone to sickness. Vibration frequency is sometimes referred to as energy by some people. What Dr. Hawkins discovered was that his patients usually have very negative thoughts and tend to resonate below the scale of 200. What emotions would calibrate below 200? They are emotions of guilt, shame, worry, powerlessness, hatred, resentment and anger. People who experience the above emotions usually resonate at 30 or 40. In the process of criticizing or judging, a person loses a lot of energy. Their vibration frequency will decrease to below 200 thus making the body become weak. These emotions could remain trapped in the body's organ and cause sickness. The highest point on the scale spans from 300 to 1000. The emotions in this range include optimism, love, positive belief, understanding, peace, joy, forgiving and empowerment. People who vibrate above 200 tend to be more loving, caring, have compassion, kind and forgiving. According to Dr. Hawkins, a frequency of 400 to 500 is a level of love. In his lifetime, Hawkins said he met someone with a high level of consciousness of 700. This person has an enormous amount of positive energy. When Mother Teresa appeared at the Nobel Peace Ceremony, the whole audience vibrates at a very high scale. Her good energy radiates to her surroundings and everyone can feel the vibration of love and compassion. In the presence of someone with a high level of consciousness, their energy can shift the surroundings to align with their frequency. In contrast, when someone has negative thoughts, they not only harm themselves, but also cause the environment to become toxic. Dr. Hawkins has treated many patients of different races from all over the world. However, they all pointed to one similarity. Every single one of those patients have a frequency lower than 200. They all share the same common emotional characteristics of resentment, 
anger, blame, jealousy, expectations, selfishness and despair. These emotions place them at a very low point on the scale. Low vibration frequency can lead to many cardiovascular diseases, cancer, etc. From a medical point of view, Dr. Hawkins believed thoughts create energy that can have a tremendous effect on one's health. Up next, we have a special message from His Holiness Dalai Lama on coronavirus pandemic announced on the 30 of March 2020. Please listen to the voice of Bernard Richard Adams. My dear brothers and sisters, I am writing these words in response to the repeated requests from many people around the world. Today, we are passing through an exceptionally difficult time due to the outbreak of the coronavirus pandemic. In addition to this, further problems confront humanity, such as extreme climate change. I would like to take this opportunity to express my admiration and gratitude to governments across the world, including the government of India, for the steps they are taking to meet these challenges. Ancient Indian tradition describes the creation, abiding and destruction of worlds over time. Among the causes of such destruction are arms and disease, which seem to accord with what we are experiencing today. However, despite the enormous challenges we face, living beings, including humans, have shown a remarkable ability to survive. No matter how difficult the situation may be, we should employ science and human ingenuity with determination and courage to overcome the problems that confront us. Faced with threats to our health and well-being, it is natural to feel anxiety and fear. Nevertheless, I take great solace in the following wise advice to examine the problems before us. If there is something to be done, do it, without any need to worry. If there's nothing to be done, worrying about it further will not help. Everyone at present is doing their best to contain the spread of the coronavirus. I applaud the concerted efforts of nations to limit the threat. In particular, I appreciate the initiative India has taken with other SAARC countries to set up an emergency fund and an electronic platform to exchange information, knowledge and expertise to tackle the spread of COVID-19. This will serve as a model for dealing with such crises in future as well. I understand that as a result of the necessary lockdowns across the world, many people are facing tremendous hardship due to a loss of livelihood. For those with no stable income, life is a daily struggle for survival. I earnestly appeal to all concerned to do everything possible to care for the vulnerable members of our communities. I offer special gratitude to the medical staff, doctors, nurses and other support personnel who are working on the front line to save lives at great personal risk. Their service is indeed compassion in action. With heartfelt feelings of concern for my brothers and sisters around the world, 
who are passing through these difficult times. I pray for an early end to this pandemic so that your peace and happiness may soon be restored with my prayers.
Dear everyone, currently humankind is not only victims of the raging pandemic and the wobbly economy, but also psychological trauma during the course of dealing with the disease. Some matters are out of our control, so we can only accept them or wait for more other associated or favorable conditions. However, there are things that we can control, such as our thoughts. Or feelings, and we should try to learn how to master and direct them into the most positive direction possible. We really hope that this radio episode number three will provide us more spiritual strength, so that we can overcome our fears together, and soon bring our mind back to the most stable and balanced state. Thereby, we can get out of the pandemic. And continue on the challenging journey of the post-pandemic period. Please always remember the important key phrases to overcome fears, such as "Don't obsess over that dreadful matter." It's not quite as scary as you think. What I see may or may not be right. Take care of your fears. Return to your breath. Feeling peace everywhere we sit. As we are in the present moment, let everything come and then go. Only the innocent mind remains. Our radio episode number three is concluding here. Thank you for listening, and hope to welcome you again soon in the next episode. We wish you many wonderful experiences on the journey of returning within.